hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Hello and welcome. Welcome to Your Tech Life. My name is Trevor Long and you are listening to episode 231. So much to talk about on the show as always. We have your calls. We have some interesting conversations uh, this week also. Um, I don't even know where to start, but a hearing aid. And, and would you believe the term, there's an app for that, fits perfectly. Uh, I want to talk Airbnb again. We've talked about it before, but I've, I've tracked down someone who's actually used Airbnb very recently. Plus, uh, your calls on um, anything from scams to birthday suggestions. You wouldn't believe it. Plus, we're going to talk about Angry Birds. And I'm going to give you more information about the Lenovo that I mentioned last week. Holding in my hand the item, well it's not the item we'll give away, it's, um, it's one that I'm using, but I have in a box the same thing ready to give away. I've just got to put the paperwork together, um, but I'll tell you all about that shortly. Fantastic bloody prize from our good friends at Lenovo. Thanks to the fact that you tweeted last week. So at the very end of the show, I said to, to unlock the prize, we had to get five tweets. Well, of course, we got more than that, thankfully. Uh, maybe I should make the challenge a higher number next time. But uh, it is always great to hear from you on Twitter. Uh, I'd love to hear from you more regularly. Just get in touch. Just uh, follow me on Twitter, at Trevor Long. If you've not been on Twitter or don't know what Twitter is, go there. Twitter.com forward slash Trevor Long. That's my page. And you can then follow, sign up, do all the things you need to do there. You can also follow EFTM at EFTM and uh, Your Tech Life at Your Tech Life. All of my accounts and to the uh, 20-odd thousand people following, uh, hello and welcome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for everything. And uh, it's all thanks this week, as always, to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Technologies, uh, garmin.com.au. And uh, let's get cracking with the show. Thank you for listening. Uh, your questions, your comments, your problems, your concerns, your thoughts, your anything you like about technology, get in touch. Say day, eftm.com.au, the website to go to. Send me an email and I'll uh, call you up, get you on the show. Uh, don't be afraid. It's just me and you and a few other people. Uh, or you can call 1-800-157-157. One such person is Emmanuel. G'day, Emmanuel. G'day, Trevor. What can I do for you, mate? Mate, um, I had one of those... Um Annoying phone calls from. Uh, it's not this one, is it? An Indian. <laughs> not this one. No. <laughs> no, no, no. From an Indian call center, um, and uh, he had me going. He really had me. What uh, was it? What was the uh, subject of the call? All right, I got a phone call from uh, from a guy um, who said he's from Windows Tech Support, and mm. I um, I didn't believe him, and I hung up on him. Yep. And then he called. Then he called me back. And um, he tells me that he's calling from uh, Windows Technical Support, and um, there's they've noticed a problem with my computer. It's been um, it's been sending them data uh, and uh, transmitting a lot of junk files. And at this and, point, uh, you, he, you you stopped disbelieving him. 
You didn't hang up again no, no, the second time? Point, no, at this point, I didn't believe him. But what I did was I said to hang on for a moment while I put him on speaker and then recorded the whole conversation because I, I didn't believe him from the get-go. Sure, right. But during the course of the conversation, he did have me um, a little uh, concerned. Second-guessing your, your original thoughts. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because he told me that... Uh, uh, he had all this information on me. He knew my he knew my name, he knew my address. He claimed to know my IP address, and that did he know your full name? He knew all this. He knew my surname. He didn't know my first name. Not that mm-hmm. not that I asked. I mean, at this point, at this point, I mean, I didn't even it didn't occur to me that he didn't mention my first name. But he did know my surname and knew my address. Street address. Street address and suburb. Oh man, they're getting smart. Yeah, and um, I'm, I don't expect I'm not the I'm not the the most uh, clueless guy on computers, but I do know a bit more than the average Joe. Yeah. And um, and uh, I was reluctant to uh, to give him any information, and he kept saying I kept asking for his uh, for a telephone number and an email address or somewhere I can contact him, verify verify who he was, and uh, he said he had a phone number but I couldn't call him back because he was calling through a computer. He said the physical address was in Victoria Street, Sydney, 53 Victoria Street, Sydney, to be precise. <laughs> and I kept pushing him. Yeah, yeah, I kept pushing him. And um, he kept insisting. He was very persistent. He kept insisting that I, that I turn on my computer. He didn't want any, any information from me. He just wanted me to fix the problem. He was, he was going to guide me through whatever I had to do. And, um, I, you know, I... I refused to um, to uh, uh, entertain his um, his demands, yeah. but he did leave me shaken and questioning whether he was real or not. Because because of what he knew about you, because of the address and because and of what he knew about me, yeah. But then, you know, after the sh- after the uh, the shaken, you know, uh, confusion of the uh, uh, the phone conversation, I um, I started thinking that I did some more research and thought. He could have got this information out of the white pages, out of the telephone book. Exactly. And isn't but, it funny, yeah, you know, but, that's all they need is a copy of the phone book, and a printed one at that, let alone just a random search on the whitepages.com under a surname. Now, I don't know your surname, and let's not, let's not say it, but if you, if you type <laughs> Smith uh, in, you know, Hunters Hill, Sydney, you're going to get some Smiths. And so you could, someone could ring up and actually say, you know, Mrs. Smith, I know you live at Victoria Street, whatever. And, you know, that's the stuff that makes you feel... Real, and that's why I, th- I think it's unbelievable because I've spoken to so many people about this, and you've heard about it, you knew about it, and you and you and immediately hung up. But then they they've worked out this thing to keep you going, they've because they're smart, you know. They've they're they're trying to keep very, one step ahead. He was also he was also very uh, persistent and forceful, uh, and also he he. He was telling me he was trying to help me. He was trying to help me. He was trying to help me. He kept repeating it. And even after I called him out, I told him it was a scam and he was a crook and I, all this stuff. He still wouldn't hang up on me. He, con- he continued. This went on for 12 minutes. Hmm. It was a 12-minute phone call until the end when I, when I uh, forced him. He said, he said, I've got a Windows 7 computer. And I asked him, I told him I didn't have a Windows 7 computer. I've got a Windows 8 computer. And then he started trying to twist the subject and telling me that, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about and blah, blah, blah. And in the end, I, I, I asked him for his address again. He told me 53 Victoria Street, Sydney. And I said, what is the, sub, what is the postcode there? 
Everyone knows Sydney Postcode is 2000. Yeah. He didn't know the answer to that and then hangs up on me. Yeah, right. But that was like 12 and a half minutes later. Wow. Do you still have that recording? Well, I do still have that recording mm-hmm. and, and I do come across very uh, disturbed and shaken. Yeah. But uh, I'm happy so, to give so. it to you to listen to it. It's unbelievable, mate. I, you know, I'm glad you called because uh, there was, uh, and there was, I believe, if my memory serves, there was some, I don't want to say convictions, but some people were um, arrested or at least, you know, found over this stuff going on. Uh, and, yeah. you know, the problem is, man, I love the police for doing that work. And I, if they did catch anyone, bloody awesome. The problem is, mm-hmm. uh, once someone's worked it out, Everyone's worked it out. And so all it takes now is another crim, another scammer to set up. Same thing. Uh, two pages out of the phone book uh, is all you need to make, you know, 200 phone calls. One of them just needs to come off and give you $100 uh, recurring, and uh, they've got money coming in. And it, it, that's it's funny. It's not actually a lot of money sometimes. I've heard as little as $150 being taken. And the, here's the bigger problem, and this is a really important message. People that are taken by it aren't reporting it. You know why? Because yeah. they, they feel ashamed, right? They feel ashamed mm-hmm. that they were got. They, well, they tell one person, that person says it was a scam, and they probably tell them they got their money back, but, but they didn't. And they don't report it because they don't want to feel silly. And I've had uh, a yeah. woman who rang up, and her father got done three grand on it. This is a uh, mm-hmm. good, good year ago on the radio. And you know what? She, she, you know, he's not doing it anymore. It's not happening anymore, but he didn't want to report it either. It was just so sad. Um, yeah. mate, I mean, nothing we can do other than educate people because you know what? The cops could yeah. grab everyone that's doing it and some other little yeah. narc will start doing it tomorrow. It's the same as, you know, yeah. this, these scams. I got a thing on Facebook the other day. It was hilarious uh, because, you know, you, I, you like to think you got your wits about you. Um, but I got this thing from a lady named Sisay Goodwin and it said, uh, oh, it's been di- oh, it's been taken away because it was identified as spam. But the message was something along the lines of, hey, um, saw your profile, we'd love to connect, here's my email address, send me an email. And I went, oh, wow, why not just send me a pic here on Facebook? And then I sent a copy of Shane Warne's selfie, shirtless <laughs> selfie, and I thought, if anything's going to get it going, that's it. Uh, but it didn't, and, and I, <laughs> it was very disappointing. Yeah, more disturbing when I later looked through my photos and found a copy of Shane Warne's selfie. But um, anyway, it's sometimes fun to play with them. But it's also, yeah. as you say, you know, even if even if it's only it only makes you second guess just once, it's still disturbing. Exactly. So, um, I mean, I, 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 the first thing I did after the phone conversation was come in and disconnect my router <laughs> so that I couldn't get which, internet traffic. I was that scared. Which shows you how much it shook you, my friend. Yeah. It shook me. It shook me. And it wasn't like he was. I don't think he was after money. He was just after me trying to change some settings on my computer so that my computer is there, my internet connection is therefore vulnerable well this it's That's you're very right you are at. very right it could be one of two things one of two things he'll get into your computer and say oh there's a problem and then they'll charge you 100 mm-hmm. bucks to fix it or he's literally yeah. just putting malware on your computer which starts doing keystroke logging gets into your bank and who, who, that's, who knows what that's that's what i thought he was trying to do that's yeah, right. what i suspected mm. unbelievable yeah. mate but um I've, Emmanuel... I've, I've cooled down since then but i was really <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah i was quite shaken <laughs> well Good on you, mate. Thanks for thanks for talking about it. Because despite the fact that you knew first time and you and knew second time, but you're just questioning yourself, it's a really good mm-hmm. message to share, mate. So um, I appreciate you doing that. Yeah, we'll get the word out there, mate, because they're running rampant. <laughs> that's um that's exactly what we need to do, and you need to make sure you tell your friends, tell anyone you know, and don't be afraid to share that experience. And I'll um 
I'll be doing that because people need to hear this, and this will be the first thing that appears in the podcast, mate, because I think it's really important people hear the message. Good on you, mate. Great. Thanks, Trevor. And uh, you can get in touch as well. I mean, if, you've, if you know someone or you've ex- yourself been um, called by, let alone hit by um, these scammers, whether they're pretending to be Microsoft or Apple, whoever they pretend to be, um, they're scamming you. They, they don't cold call you. Uh, these people don't cold call you, and um, they're just trying to get something out of you. What? Who knows what it is? You can get in touch. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au, or you can call 1-800-157-157. Well, I mentioned the good people at Garmin. Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technologies, and, and the stuff they cram into these little tiny devices just continues to blow my mind. And the the one I've talked about recently is the Vivo Fit, V-I-V-O Fit. Uh, the Vivo Fit, you can check it out at garmin.com.au. It's a wearable band that is a fitness tracker. Say hello to the fitness band that knows your potential. No matter what you live for, make every step count with Vivo Fit. The fitness band that moves at the pace of your life. One look at the easy-to-read display, and you'll know how many steps you've taken, the distance travelled, calories burned, and the time of the day. All there on the screen, really easy to read screen, a progress bar that shows you where you're at in the day. Plus, VivoFit learns your current activity level, then assigns an attainable goal, and as you meet your milestones, VivoFit will adjust your goal for the next day and gradually nudge you towards a healthier lifestyle. At Garmin Connect, you can earn virtual badges and view your progress on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. Check it all out at Garmin.com.au. The VivoFit, uh, available now at Garmin.com. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say But Trevor Long's the world's best techie He's the kind of guy we picked on at school And it wasn't fair, but he don't care, he's cool Uh, Lenovo. So um, I I reached out. I tell you what, exactly what happened <laughs> on Facebook. Um, I follow Lenovo, and uh, I find that a great way to with some companies to just get a sense of what's happening. Um, it's cool sometimes to see stuff as they want to present it, not in the ads and that kind of stuff. So um, I saw this thing. It was uh, it said you know our thinnest, lightest ultrabook ever, or something like that. Uh, and I, I saw it appear in my feed. I took a screenshot and, and I sent it to Lenovo, uh, some of the people I know there, and said, I must have this. Because <laughs> it just looked, it looked beautiful. And that's the Lenovo X1 Carbon. Now, the Lenovo X1 was my primary laptop of choice already. Uh, and I love it. It's it's kind of durable. It's uh, you know, it's good. you could drop water on it. You could stand on it. All these amazing things. Um, but you know, it's not exactly tiny. Certainly not a uh, a um, uh, an ultrabook. 
but a very, very nice, uh, nice uh, laptop. So I saw this thing that said, you know, our, our, our thinnest laptop, our thinnest ultrabook ever, or, or something along those lines. And I thought that's beautiful. So they sent me one to have a look at, and I've reviewed it now. You can see it at eftm.com.au, uh, and it's there's something about this. I and I still struggle to put my finger on it, but I'm I'm holding it here in my head. It's light. It's beautiful. Um, it's got a kind of very um, not shiny, but it's it's just a really nice feel to it. But inside the screen is enormous in terms of the the amount of screen space for the size of the of the ultrabook. It's an it's a fourteen inch ultrabook. Um, it's a good size keyboard. The keys feel great, um, and it's got this amazing adaptive keyboard where the where the function keys your F one through F twelve normally are. It's actually a touch screen, and that changes depending what app you're in. So if you're in Word, it's got copy and paste there by default. It's really cool. Uh, still got the fingerprint scanner, still rugged, rigid, you know, waterproof, all those things. Poor water, no dramas. Um, they did change the touchpad a little. It's it's probably not to my absolute liking, but I'll, I'll get used to it. Um, but just overall, honestly, a, as a unique individual piece of construction and design, it's beautiful. Uh, it's not a copycat device at all. It's just beautiful. So I said to them, I love it. What about my listeners? What about you? And um, they sent me another one. And I can give it away. I'm going to do that. It's Lenovo X1 Carbon. It's an Intel Core i5. It's like it's glorious. And I haven't got the details in front of me. It's about $1,500 worth. And then they said, well, why don't you give away yoga as well? The yoga tablet. So an 8-inch Android-powered Lenovo tablet will be second prize. It'll be easy. It'll either be just enter to win or it'll be a simple question. It won't be won't be difficult, and it'll happen in the next week or so. Uh, I can't wait to give it away. I've just got to put the, put the mechanics together on the website, basically, and then we'll do that. Um, if you're excited, you don't have to you don't have to tweet to make it happen now. But gee whiz, happy for, happy to hear your tweets. Uh, perhaps look it up. Perhaps read the uh, read the website eftm.com.au and have a look at the Lenovo article. Tell me what after reading that what excites you about the device and. Uh, and then uh, that'll help me form the part of how I how how the mechanics of the competition might work. Love to hear from you at Trevor Long, and that's all. Thanks to Lenovo coming up in the next few weeks. Lenovo, for those who do, is their slogan. And you know what? I do want to give this away. I keep saying I'm going to delete that one because I don't like it, but that's okay. Uh, you're listening to Your Tech Life. My name's Trevor Long. You can get in touch anytime. Just go to the website eftm.com.au. You can say good day if you're on Twitter. Just follow me and, and say good day uh, at Trevor Long. But let's go back to calls. Good day, Maggie. Hi, Trevor. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. We've spoken before. <laughs> We've spoken yes, before, haven't I, I, we? We we have. About uh, your business, your boys, different things, which was random. What can I do for you? I want to give my 21-year-old IT-focused son a fantastic birthday that's different. And I just thought you might have some sort of suggestions. My Lord. Right. Okay. Let's let's go. Now, let's be clear. Uh, Whereabouts are you based? The Grampians. Victoria. Yes, so that the Grampians are a very accessible mountain range about two and a half hours out of Melbourne, west. 
And he's turning 21, and he loves his uh, loves his tech. Well, absolutely, totally immersed in it. And so, what are his other interests? Uh, he doesn't have any other interests. Okay, I'm 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 adept to that. That's cool. What about <laughs> so so? Basically, you're just saying to me, hey, because you're a nerd, can you suggest something to my son who's a nerd? Is that what you're saying to me? Is that what you're saying, Maggie? <laughs> it could be, but <laughs> I, I've got uncomfortable with the term nerd oh, these don't days. Be. No, don't be at all. Does, <laughs> it doesn't fit. No, it's wrong. We need a different. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I moved on. It's like blogger. I hate the word, but I still get called it now yeah. and then. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I like yeah. geek a lot better than nerd because it kind of feels something different. But in the end, people yeah. use it. You know, it's not. It's not like they're calling me fat. So you know, <laughs> doesn't worry me in the end. Hey, so but when I say other interests, see, technology is not an easy thing uh, because you just don't want to buy him something. You want him to experience something, don't you? Mm. So I'm. I'm thinking along the lines of giving him a day out, which is somehow using technology or the internet or something to design the day. Okay, okay. I like where you're going with it. uh, Off the top of my head, though, I'm struggling. See, the first thing that came to my mind... Um, and I, and I, this is why I asked about other interests and I'll, I'll, I'll question whether or not this might fit because I seem to have a lot in common with other people in my field in my love of planes. Does he have any interest in planes? As in remote control planes? No, as in the, you know, the big things in the sky. They're unbelievable. The concept of them amazes <laughs> me. Airports, I love yeah. tracking them on my and- flight sim, you know, <laughs> playing a flight sim on my computer, that kind of stuff. I mean... I just think they're amazing, and I think they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they are the height of technology. And the reason I ask well, that, Maggie, is because I'm yeah. pretty sure in Melbourne there's, there's the same thing we've got in Sydney, which is an actual flight simulator. Ah, and yes. It is, that would be. It yes. is mind-numbingly brilliant. Uh, yes. I can't tell you how much I enjoy doing it. It was like a 30-minute thing, but... Oh, I've still got the photo of me and the captain and, you know, I've got my little wings and everything. Um, and, and I found it on the internet. It's called Flight Simulator Melbourne. Uh, yep. And it's a, it's a very regular gift thing, but there's a 30-minute, 45-minute, 60-minute thing. It's not cheap. Don't get me wrong. This is 21st. So, you know, that's okay. So and, you look- and other people spend thousands of dollars on giving their children 21st birthday parties. And Correct. He so- doesn't want a party. He wants he, he just wants to be himself and do something cool. So at the absolute top level, so this is the the high end, ninety minute flight simulator experience is three hundred and seventy five dollars, plus twenty bucks. Oh, for, is that all? Yeah, exactly. Plus twenty bucks, you get it on a DVD. So he he can actually take it home and he can watch the yeah. flight that he took. Now, when I did it in thirty minutes, what they do is they program in Hong Kong Airport because it's amazing. The old Hong Kong Airport, you fly in, and then I think they program Sydney in, so I could just see myself land there. And oh, you know what? It's a buzz because it, it's a proper, mm-hmm. it's like a proper flight sim. It's probably an old decommissioned one from when they actually used that particular plane or whatever it was. But it's not some, it's not like a computer sitting there. It's a cockpit of a plane. Um, mm-hmm. it, it has all the controls of a plane. It has the whole, you know, dashboard buttons and everything of the cockpit. And then outside of the cockpit is this huge uh, projection screen. And it's awesome. It's, I, I reckon. That's, that's- just the thing, Trevor. Unless, I, he, I like unless he absolutely hates planes, he will bloody love this. <laughs> mm. Well, he's got three computer screens and he immerses himself in that sort of, you know, he likes to do things yeah. and get 
good graphics and yeah. you know, I, I I think it's appealing. So now, not now, that not I that I'm trying to suggest that your son may be anywhere near the same as me, but the other thing that I seem to find in common with a lot of uh, techie people is cars. A love of cars. <laughs> I have. I wanted to also send you an email about cars because mm. my other son has uh, just about signed up for a Subaru BRZ. Oh, nice car. The blue is... I walked into the showroom and it was just too much for me. Oh, no, gorgeous, gorgeous motor vehicle. It's so gorgeous. At bright and in your face. And you know the funny thing uh, is, it's not a, not a bad daily drive, but it's also something nice that you can have a bit of a fang with and, and really enjoy, yeah. but not it's not stupid. But the reason I asked about the cars is because I, here's what I was thinking. I was thinking you're out in you're you're a couple of hours out. Imagine um, imagine waking up. I'm just painting a picture here for my ideal 21st. I didn't really have a 21st, but if I had one, let me tell you, this would be it. Waking up, having breakfast, and then going. Uh, here's an envelope. Uh, walk out the front, and imagine there was I don't know a Ferrari out the front. Uh, and, and it was like, <laughs> son, drive to this destination. And then open this envelope, and because you can rent Ferraris, I mean you can rent Lamborghinis. Now I'm I'm yeah. tipping for a twenty one year old. Not out not, here though. No, not but, out here. No, but you'd love to drive. Oh, you'd send him somewhere, wouldn't you? you? No, you yeah. see, you drive into Melbourne, you rent it, and then you get to drive it back to home, and it's sitting there for him. So the next morning, and then he drives it. He goes, does the flight simulator, then he drops the car off, and you know, Bob's your uncle. Mm. So oh, if, that's if, interesting. If he doesn't yep, mind yep. cars, now the only thing is again twenty first. He's young, so the, the the premium might be ridiculous. It might even be possible. I don't know. So you'd have to ask and check. But all you need to do is Google and see. This is we link it all back to technology here. The internet is just bloody amazing, isn't it? I mean, you think about this ten years ago, trying to think of these things, let alone find them. Right, the yellow pages. Good luck. But now I just type "sports car hire Melbourne" into Google, and there's hundreds of them. Hundreds. Mm-hmm. Now, red balloon is a good, good, good idea because it's all about the gift and all about that kind of stuff. Um, yep. And and you know they do special race days. So if you didn't rent a car for him to drive, imagine going to um, Calder Park and getting him to drive a Ferrari around the racetrack for you know five laps. It might cost you yeah. three hundred bucks. I did that. Go to go to EFTM, my website, and have and search or have a look back to January. I I, I drove a Lamborghini in Las Vegas around a racetrack. Five laps, Maggie. It was about three hundred bucks, but it was awesome, and I've still got the smile on my face today. <laughs> and and Trevor, my mother's hat is coming on now. Going, what if I gave him that for a birthday present, and he did something awful? So how bad would I feel? Okay, so the renting of the car <laughs> that, is the bigger silly. risk. No, no, not at all. The renting of the yeah. car is a bigger risk. That's a. It's probably going to cost too much to be really reasonable. But B, yeah. it, that's the risk because he's then out there and, you know, it's Ferrari. So the, the track experience, if you go to redballoon.com.au, the track experience is not, hey, here's the key, go for your life. It's you get, there's someone in the car with you. It's, a, it's like a you know tame racing driver is in the car with you, tells you when to brake and all that kind of stuff. But you get to feel the acceleration of a Ferrari. You get to feel the handling of a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. That, you know, there's there's track experiences, there's half-day experiences where you get to drive, like, up the coast and down the coast and stuff. There's so many options out there for this kind of stuff. I reckon Red Balloon is your is the kicker for you. I reckon yeah. Red Balloon would uh, would blow your mind if you had a good that look sounds, there. All right. Well, yes, that's, um, that's a good starting point for Now, me. the most important thing is I want to see photos. I want to see that smile because, man, <laughs> he's going to love it.
And the other, the, right. the important well, thing, I'm Maggie, good at you're good at photos. <laughs> you know, you've just got to I'm decide, right? In most of these situations, and now I'll be the sun. I'll put my sun hat on. Okay, mum's. Do you just want give, your mother there, Trevor? I, I was Do just, you want your mother there? I'm, I'm giving. I'm putting the sun hat on. and I'm going to give you that exact answer, mum. <laughs> thanks. I'll see you tonight. That's what I'd yeah. say. And then, Mum, yeah. you get to see the photos because they take photos at the at the flight simulator. They take photos <laughs> at the racetrack. And you know what, Mum? When he walks in the door, with that smile on his face, he gives you a hug and says, "That was the best day ever, Mum." You, you you're done, aren't you? Uh, uh, yep, that, that's it. That's the I've goal. Done my job. Yeah, you've done. He's your twenty-one. Job. See done. ya. <laughs> and then and then you say your rent just went up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, Maggie, yes, well, better not talk about rent. Yeah, let's not go there. Well, um, yeah. it's not far away. You, you sent me in your email. It's only the ninth of April, so you might you might have to get cracking tomorrow, okay? Because some I of shall. these things, some of these things, unfortunately, you might not be able to organise it all to happen on the same day. For example, some of the drive experiences and things you might have to book in advance. But you know, giving yeah. him giving him a postcard with you know the Ferrari idea on the back or something that happens in three weeks, and then you know, he, I'm sure you better get into the flight simulator on the day of the birthday, and he'll. That alone will just blow his mind. Mm-mm. But it might right. be nice to organise organise it all to happen on the same day because then it's just an overwhelming, you know, uh, the the stuff. Oh, that, and yeah. no need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no need. It's just sort of around the time. Yeah. And I think it's a work day anyway. Yeah. So, um, so you just you find the, the one to start with is the car. If if you're into yep. the track thing, have a look at Red Balloon and try and find a date where you can get the car for eight laps or something, and it might cost you five hundred bucks. Um, that one's in Perth, but there's a there's a half driver Lamborghini and Ferrari Mornington Peninsula five ninety nine. I'm just on the Red Balloon website. Um, uh, driver V10 Lamborghini one hundred and forty nine dollars Mornington Peninsula. So that you know whatever it is, you go out there, yep. you do that, and you know he go with yep. a mate, right? His mate would take him there, and his mate would then take him to the flight simulator, and you organise one of his mates to be the chauffeur for the day or somebody thing, and then he drives. So his birthday's on the ninth, but all this is organised for the twenty third or something. And he drives, he does the Lamborghini, then he drives to the flight, flight experience, and then he goes out with his mates that night and has a great night at the pub or whatever, and then he comes home the next morning with a hangover, but um, very happy. Well, truly, he doesn't drink. Well, see, he, I think, am I your son? Is that what's happened here? He sounds like me. What? You don't drink? Nope. I mean, look, I'll, no. I'll, I'll have a glass of wine for lunch if it's kind of the only thing on or if it kind of feels appropriate, but yeah. I, I, you know, I don't have a desire yeah. to get drunk, basically. Well, you can achieve a lot if you don't drink. You know, I always, as, as, a, as a kid, I, I enjoyed being the designated driver. I loved my car. I loved driving people around. I loved the satisfaction that it gave people that I was able to give them a lift somewhere. Oh, I like that, yeah. but, you know, yeah, yeah. don't get my, me wrong. My, my sons are like that. Um, Trevor, can I just ask you, going back to this, uh, when you buy a Subaru mm. BRZ, mm. they try and sign you up for extended warranty. Mm-hmm. So that's after your three-year warranty is finished. Yep. They want you to pay another two thousand dollars. Holy Jarus! So you pay that now for the extended warranty, do you? Yeah, and they just put it on your loan repayment. So you know you hardly feel it, but gee, I just doesn't sit well with me. Two thousand dollars because I'm surely, put, yeah. it's I a bought, good vehicle. It's quality. Yeah, look, a Subaru yeah. BRZ is not a not a ten thousand dollar car. It's like a thirty thousand dollar car. I bought a little Mazda two a couple of years ago. Fifty, forty, fifty thousand. Holy Jarus! It must be the a good model. Thirty eight thousand. Yeah. Still, it's it's not a, it's not as cheap as the Mazda I bought, right? And they said to me the same thing: extended warranty, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it wasn't an upfront cost. It was just if you get your car serviced with us for the first three years, you will get to have an extended warranty. So I just thought, oh, it's fine. It's around the corner from work anyway. 
But if they said mm. to me you have to pay more, I just think no. Nah. I mean, mm. uh, you know, we've got the. Cons- I just don't think. Yeah, I, but because it's, say something goes wrong after your three years, if it's a major thing, you still have some rights there. Would, You'd still have some rights, but also two, yeah. two grand is probably the cost of most of the things that will go wrong. <laughs> yes. So really, That's the only right. the only benefit to it is, I mean, what you need to do is check what's really included in that extended warranty, you know, mm-hmm. because and, and more importantly, what's not included. Um, because, well, this is also after they've got um, about thirteen or fourteen hundred dollars out of you for window tinting, um, <laughs> scotch guarding the interior seats. Remember, have you signed the contract already? Painting. Have you signed the contract already? Not sure. Don't do the window tinting. Mm. Ring around, or at least do me this favour. Ring some window tinters first. Yeah. Because you'll yeah. find, even if you save $300, but the problem yeah. is when you're buying a car and you're financing it, um, it's just an easier thing to, to pay an extra dollar a yeah. month for five years than have to pay $300 yeah. up front for the tinting. So it may be cheaper to get the tinting done um, up front, but you're not paying up front for it with a dealer. So that's the problem. Mm-mm. Anyway, interesting. All right, Maggie. Good on you. Thank you, Trevor. Good That's luck. Good, good ideas. I, def- and I'll, I definitely uh, want to. I definitely want to hear what happens. Okay. Thanks a lot, Trevor. Good See you later. You. Thank you, and uh, and anyone else that's got uh, questions, comments, problems, or anything about technology, if you want to get in touch, just go to the website eftm.com.au. Now. I love Angry Birds. It's a great game. I haven't played it for a while, I'll be honest, but I was I did I did love it when it first came out. It was I was kinda of hooked on it. It was the first, I think, first big viral game that we had on, on the app stores. Uh certainly an iOS device to start with. Great on the iPad. My kids have played it, they love it. And it evolved. They they had seasons, they had Star Wars versions, but it was still the same game. Yeah. It's still a little slingshot, a little bird, you throw it, it breaks things, it kills pigs, off you go. You win the game. They've released a new Angry Birds, and I've put some screenshots up at eftm.com.au. It's called Angry Birds Epic, and I don't know. I'm not convinced. I want to hear what you think. Uh, if you're an Angry Birds fan or you love that kind of gaming, uh, tweet me. Let me know what do you think, because I was disappointed. Uh, it's kind of a more three-dimensional uh, level space it's more a targeted one-on-one attack thing, but you've got to do it in the right order to kind of, uh, you know, score the most points. There's a bit of leveling up, and there's a bit of magic potions, and there's um, uh, weapons you can get, and you know, you're going to be enticed into buying some in-app purchases to to advance quicker. I don't know. It's it's actually more complicated than it needs to be. I think games on smartphones need to be. Simple. Unless they are immersive things like Grand Theft Auto, which you can get on the iPhone, that's a game you get into because you want to play this immersive thing. Angry Birds, that's the kind of thing you play at the dentist while you're waiting. Uh, and I think it's too much. I think it's too complicated. It's three stars for me. And that's disappointing because I love the franchise. It'll still do very well and they'll make a lot of money, no doubt. But I don't know. What gets you with gaming? That's what I want to know. I want to hear from you this week. I want to know what gets you with gaming, mobile gaming. Oh, I've got a couple of cracking ideas, which I just need to establish uh, a gaming premise for. But I think I could. I think I think I've got some. It's just an embryonic idea right now. But by geez, I'm going to take it somewhere. 
uh, maybe. Um, so I'd love to hear what you think. What do you think of, um, I guess, apps on iPhones, smartphones, Androids, whatever? Are they, should they be simple? Should they be complicated? Should they be, how should they work? And has Angry Birds lost its charm? I don't know. Let me know. Go to the website eftm.com.au or tweet me at Trevor Long, twitter.com forward slash Trevor Long. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, tech Life with Trevor Long. And thank you for listening. Your Tech Life, the name of the show. My name's Trevor Long and you can get in touch. Just go to the website eftm.com.au anytime or you can call 1-800-157-157. Do leave a message if you do and I'll get, get back to you. We'll get you on the show and we'll have a chat. Questions, problems, anything about technology, Your Tech Life. Now, Sometimes I um, I quite like the fact that we get innovation in what I would probably describe as the strangest places. And I guess there's when you're not involved in an industry, you don't really appreciate how much change could occur in an industry, um, like hearing aids. You know, hearing aids are a thing that have been around for a very long time. My, my next guest can probably tell me a lot more about that. But you don't think that other than, you know, getting smaller and perhaps better quality, you don't think that a smartphone would have much to do with an ear, a hearing aid. But uh, leading audiologist uh, Rochelle Abadishu is on the line to talk about that. G'day, Rochelle. Hello. How are you? I'm excellent. Now, this is really cool. I um, I was sent this information about, well, essentially what I understand is is a hearing aid that not only, uh, you know, is obviously advanced because it's new and there's, there's obviously probably a stack of new things going to hearing aids these days, but it actually can interact or be controlled via your iOS device, your iPhone, your iPad. You can actually set the, the, the sound settings within the device via your phone. Yeah, that's true. So it allows the person with the hearing loss to take control over their medical condition and be able not to only adjust the volume, but also get into some of the treble and bass sounds and also locate where they've been previously when they've saved those settings and ensure that next time they visit that location, they're able to just click the button on their um, iPhone or iPad and be able to um, reuse those settings again. So they don't have to constantly be touching uh, their app location that's actually on their iPad or iPhone. It's kind of insane to think that this is what we're talking about. It wouldn't have been, I don't know, certainly 10 years ago, but would, would we have been thinking this was possible five years ago? No, definitely not. Being in the hearing industry for a long time now, I definitely didn't think we would be utilising technology to this level. Hmm. But having seen um, the implications of hearing concerns, manufacturers have realised that um, it's taking a lot of toll on people, especially socially and emotionally. Um, and so they're able to provide a hearing system rather hmm. than just a hearing aid. And with this app, it's opened a lot of doors for a lot of people with hearing concerns and it's starting to make hearing aids cool and this is what we want. We want the stigma of hearing loss to disappear just like glasses did. Because it is a stigma really, isn't it? Do you think, I mean, I, mm. I think back to my childhood, you know, hearing aid was a a big bulky thing that, that people with a hearing, hearing need, uh, you know, it sat behind their ear. Obviously they got smaller over the years, but to, to take me through the history of how a user would interact with a hearing aid when you were, if you're diagnosed uh, with, with a hearing issue and you would then go and get, I don't know, fitted or set up with a hearing aid, is is it that the settings were made and done bef and then it was handed over to you and that was it, off or on? 
Yeah, so before there wasn't even digital hearing devices, they were more analog and you would use a screwdriver to adjust the, the tripods on the actual device. So yeah. after those inventions, we had digital devices that connected to software and the audiologist was allowed to adjust certain frequencies. And as time has gone on, we've developed new technology in terms of noise reduction, wind noise reduction, as well as customization of listening environments for particular situations. And now, you know, 2014, here we bring you ReSound Links device that can be controlled through an application. So it's it's been an amazing ride to be a part of, but also it, it also ensures the person with the hearing loss has the support. And I'm sure in the future we'll have even uh, bigger and better systems to provide. And, and so let's you, you mentioned it earlier, but this is something we, we should we should focus on the idea of not only being able to adjust it yourself. So um, you know, being able to really give yourself the sound that you want, but also um, this is just stunning. And it's, so it's called the Resound Links. Uh, Resound one word, but then links. L I N X. If you go to, um, let's say you go to your local Woolworths shop and uh, and it's it's always a different kind of sound in there, perhaps because of the music they play or the it's very quiet the time you go there, whatever it might be. It's always a place where you'd prefer to adjust your hearing so that, you know, whatever, for whatever reason. Next time you go back there, you just open up the app and go, oh, no, I'm at, I'm, I'm at Woolworths Hornsby. I press the button and it just it automatically switches back to that setting. So if it's a, if it's a place you go regularly, for, for, it's a dance venue or it's a, it's a restaurant that has you know, a lot of ambient noise and you adjust the hearing aid based on that, the next time you go back there, you just say, I'm here again. Yeah, so it saves a lot of time and we've made it really easy for the user. So I call it a freedom control because yeah. it allows you to control your the audio sounds you're listening to. And it actually uses Google Maps to ensure it adds the location where you're at. It also has an application with the Google Maps that if you lose your hearing aid, it gives you an idea of where you've lost them. So Google Maps will find where your devices are. So it's just gone to a completely different level that we never expected. And so how is this all done? Um, the hearing aid technology is essentially the same that's evolved over the years. It's obviously evolving every, every time, every iteration, but it uses Bluetooth Smart to communicate with your phone. So it's using um, the Bluetooth Smart will use the, uh, will ensure the battery consumption is less, mm-hmm. and we're using our own proprietary 2.4 gigahertz technology that directly connects to the Bluetooth of the iPad and the iPod, and and it will ensure that the streaming once the audiologist has paired it to these instruments, it will directly communicate with them. Whether you turn them on or off, it will automatically reconnect once you turn the hearing aids on. So it's through the 2.4 gigahertz that we're able to do that. And, you know, I don't know anything about the uh, the hearing aid industry, but, you know, price-wise, is it competitively priced or is it a premium price that, you know, is, is an expectation because of this, uh, frankly, amazing new feature? Well, in terms of price, it's competitively priced, but at the same time, it comes at two price points. So you don't have to get top-of-the-range device. You can utilize a mid-range device um, and it will ensure that the person still has those functionalities with the application on the Apple devices. Yeah, right. And what is the market for for hearing aids in this country alone? Um, is a hearing aid a device that is refreshed by a user on a, you know, every couple of years or is it a device that you kind of hold on to for a much longer period? 
looking at how fast technology is changing, we've got clients out there who, who want to re, you know, refit themselves and refresh their devices every two years. Yep. But the guideline we're looking at is to change the devices at least every five or six years. If the client maintains their device, looks after them, and really enjoys that sound quality, there wouldn't be a need to change it so often. Mm. But for those who are striving for additional technology and better speech discrimination, by all means, um, it's a preference of what they believe and, and they can change their technology as they prefer. And essentially, hey, if you uh, if you want to take advantage of those cool features, let alone uh, being able to control it with your iPhone, but the location-based services, it's a simple visit to your um, your hearing specialist? Yeah, so the audiologists um, all around Australia, this is a global product that was launched also in the US. Um, so we definitely have audiologists out there who've been trained about it and have information on how to fit it. And being the audiologist representing GN Resound, most definitely we can provide support for the clinicians out there who'd like to prescribe this uh, hearing instrument. So if you're listening and you're going, I want one of those, and you go to wherever it is regular <laughs> that you you would go to you know, have it checked or whatever, and they don't know about it, you need to tell them to go and ask for it, find out about it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. It's called the Resound Links, and it is a, uh, a hearing aid that directly is controlled buy your iPhone, your iPad, or your iPod Touch without the need for an additional device, and you can customize through geotagging, different things like treble, bass, volume settings uh, to really enhance and uh, improve your hearing experience in different locations, let alone uh, as you go at home. It's a fantastic idea, Rochelle, and hopefully it uh, it has a great following and a great uh, pickup around the world. Yeah, definitely. We're looking forward to it, and it also ends up acting like an external microphone as well, so it brings people's voices closer from about 10 metres and there's a lot more counselling tools in there that will help people actually use it and understand what it's all about. So it's very easy to use as well. Good on you. Thanks for telling us all about it, Rochelle. No worries. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, you can check that out uh, online. I'll put some photos and things up at eftm.com.au. The Resound Links. Uh, Resound, one word, R-E-S-O-U-N-D, and uh, Links, L-I-N-X. Check it out online. Uh, a great little innovation that... Uh, Will uh, change the change the world for a few people that um, that might want that. I love the geotagging. Very cool idea. Are uh, you listening to your tech life? And thank you for listening, Your Tech Life, episode 231. And uh, your calls are always welcome. Go to the website eftm.com.au or you can call one eight hundred one five seven one five seven. Let's go back to the phones. Go, okay, Greg. G'day, Trevor. How you doing? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Yeah, hey, I just um, I was listening to you last week and uh, I heard you talk about true phone and you often talk about um, global roaming and things like that. Such a common question, call. really. The, the global roaming question, seriously. If I had a dollar for every call I'd taken, I'd pay off the house. But um, sadly, I didn't start charging for that. So what's your experience <laughs> with global roaming options? Yeah, well, um, I, I used to be uh, working all over the place um, for my company and um, I kind of figured out a really interesting way to pretty cheaply get um, get connectivity pretty much anywhere right. so the thing the thing I found was that when when you are traveling overseas it's really really hard to get people overseas to actually give you a call on an Australian number right yeah 
So it's really important to get a local number so that, you know, when you do the normal stuff, like just go out to dinner or something like that, then you want your local number, you want people to give you a call. Hmm. So I found that um, using using Skype, Skype will let you have uh, have a local number in pretty much any country in the world. So you can you can pretty much buy a subscription service for a, for a local number. I can't remember exactly how much it costs, but yeah, it's should, you know it's something on the order of like. I should yeah, check. Yeah, it's it's like fifty bucks a year or something, something pretty cheap like that. Right? Yeah, I've got, and, and just to be clear, I've got one. Um, so and, you know, I'll I'll blow the blow the secret of my show. Um, I've had a one eight hundred number for many many years. Um, it was I had the one eight hundred one five seven one five seven when, um, when I was doing web design and different things when I was running a business, and it was just such a cool number. I never wanted to get rid of it, and. Uh, but I knew I needed to kind of use it or, or not use it or lose it because it cost me money. But what I did was I set up a, a Skype call-in number, which means there's a local phone number in, I chose Sydney, where um, where I have a number and it, it just rings on my Skype line and I've just pointed that 1-800 number there. So essentially, I think I'm doing what you're talking about. I've got a local Sydney number and if I've got my iPhone or any other device uh, with Skype running... Uh, on it and connected wherever I am in the world, you can call that Sydney number and get me so that the person calling me gets the um, get, gets the local charge and and I simply yep. get the quality call that I expect from Skype. Yep, exactly right. But you can you can have multiple multiple of those numbers. You you don't need to just have one. You can have one in the US and one in Sydney, right? I so, see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I've just I've just clicked on my Skype account and. And yeah, I've got a. I can click on. I'm just signing up for another number, and it says which state in America do I want? Which state do I want one in? Let's say the obvious California, uh, yeah. and then suggested number. I'm just clicking away as we go here. Uh, continue. I'm assuming it's going to tell me at some point what it's going to cost, and not just charge yeah. me. Um, but I'm now signing up for a, an area code two o nine number in the United States, and it's going yeah. to cost me eighty dollars for twelve months. That's- or twenty four dollars for three months, and I guess you know eighty bucks for a year is not a lot to pay for for simply a phone number that will ring back here anywhere. So what you're yeah, saying, because because you... the idea of True Phone was it was this global um, thing that wasn't really at a consumer level, but this single SIM card had all these numbers on it and, and was able to operate that way. But you're saying that well, I don't, look, I, I don't doubt that that's actually a much better way to go because it really is truly just jump off a plane, it's working, you don't have to worry about data and all those things. But for someone trying to emulate that concept in terms of the things we talked about, like trying to run a business or whatever it is, you could put a yep. phone number on a card, a business card, and hand that out in America and people wouldn't know one way or the other, would they? Exactly right. But um, what I did when when roaming was I, I got myself a local SIM because I was going there a lot, right? Yeah. And then all I did was forward my Skype account off to whichever mobile phone I happened to be using at the time, right? So, so hang on, so US, you forward your Skype account to a to a, a mobile number? Yep, exactly right. How much does that cost? Um, well, it, it depends. If if it's a US number, it's practically nothing because they don't have any difference between mm-hmm. whether it's a, um, a, a local phone or a mobile number, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And you can get subscriptions as well, but it's pretty expensive in Australia. They charge they charge mobile um, local calls, but still, yeah, I mean, right. it's it's the same as calling any any local mobile 
um, call. But if you don't want to pay that, then you just pick it up when it's when you're on Skype, right? It's a it's a fantastic idea for someone who does you know frequent or even infrequent traveling. It's uh, it's such a simple concept, isn't it? And Skype really yeah. is a global platform. That's right. That's right. But the the trick is that when you go away, you take your local mobile, your Aussie mobile phone number, and you forward that to your Skype phone number. So you get your Sydney Skype in number, mm-hmm. and when you leave Australia, you just forward your your local mobile number to the Skyping number in Sydney. So you end up paying a small amount of money because there's a forwarding going on, but it's a local call forwarding. It's a, it's a local forwarding, and you, you probably covered under your your um, your monthly contract anyway, right? So I wonder if that's covered by the unlimited call concept. Um, probably it's just a standard local call. Yeah. Very interesting. So you're saying yeah. if you were a business person, let's just say Sydney and and California, you yep. could uh, you could set up a uh, a Skype number in the opposite country. So you've got a, a US Skype number, you've got an Australian yep. Skype number. Both are local calls for businesses to call you locally. Then yep. you've got a uh, an Australian mobile number. When you travel, yep. you divert your Aussie mobile to your Sydney or wherever it is um, uh, Skype Nothing. number. So when someone yep. calls, they're basically calling Skype. When you yep. get to America, you put a local SIM in and you've got Skype connectivity all the time and your local number in America calls into your Skype. Your Australian yep. landline number and your Australian mobile number all call to your American Skype line. Yeah, well, it calls into your Skype and you can then control exactly where you want that Skype to go, right? Mm-hmm. So you can redirect it to the cell phone in the U.S. when you're in the U.S. Yeah. and when you're back in Australia, you just bring up your Skype app and say, "Hey, I'm back in Australia. Redirect that to my uh, Australian mobile." <sighs> Unbelievable! It's it's possible. That's the bottom line. That's what we're telling people here is that there's a very yeah. no. It sounds complicated. Probably sounds more complicated than it is, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, to get your head around it the first time, it's probably a bit complicated. But practically speaking, what you're doing is when you're sitting in the airport, you just you just redirect your local mobile phone to your Skype in and redirect Skype to your new mobile, right? Brilliant. Great idea, Greg. Good on you, mate. No worries. And there's one more thing that's really, really important yeah. is because of time zones, you're uh, almost always going to get woken up at some strange hour. Right. So on my iPhone, I make sure I um, turn on the automatic do not disturb. Ah, Yes. So that from like 11 p.m. until 7 a.m., it will just not answer the phone. Good work. So you you become a global citizen, but uh, yeah. they just inconveniently or conveniently for you get your voicemail because you're asleep and they don't need to know that. That's exactly right. Genius, Greg. Genius. Cool. Good on it, you, mate. It works works really well. So Good on you, mate. I let you know. Thank you for sharing Thanks, and mate. thank you for getting in touch, my friend. No worries, Trevor. Good on you, mate. And uh, you can get in touch. Thank you, mate. You can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. And thanks for listening. Your Tech Life. My name's Trevor Long. You can get in touch. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Now, we've spoken a few times, both here on the radio, different places, about Airbnb. Uh, and the, the, just the origin of the name still makes, makes me think it's such a cool thing. The Airbed and breakfast because it was set up by a couple of guys who thought they could make some extra money by blowing up an airbed in in the in the lounge room and renting it out and it's gone from there to be a, a global phenomenon which allows you basically to book accommodation but 
you're staying either with people or in people's homes while they're not there or whatever it might be, or it might just be a holiday home which people are renting at for this very reason. But it's a great alternative to traditional accommodation if you want to look at it that way. I've I've looked at it when I go to Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show. It's um it's a it's a great option off the strip, but you actually get a house as opposed to paying, you know, a huge amount of money just for a hotel room in a casino. And I was down in the Formula One Grand Prix a couple of weeks ago, as you know, and I was lucky because I was taken down there by a couple of companies, so I stayed in different hotels um, each time I went down, but it was nice to be put up. But when I've been in the past and when I've tried to go or take family, it's ridiculous. You've got a minimum four nights if it includes the Friday, Saturday. It's it's extraordinary pricing uh, across the weekend period. And, uh, you know, because they're trying to make their money back from the losses across the rest of the year, I guess. But I'd never actually thought, hang on a minute, Airbnb. And uh, I've uh, tracked down someone who did do that and went to Melbourne this year, uh, I think from Brisbane. Her name's Priscilla, and she's on the line. G'day, Priscilla. G'day. Now, how did this come about? You, what's what's the motivation? Formula One Grand Prix, you're down there, or are you down there to shop? What's the story? Well, I had actually booked uh, us into a bed and breakfast, mm-hmm. and then a friend of mine told me that she rents out her place to other people, and she told me all about Airbnb. Right. And I thought, what a great idea, what a great concept. I could have someone's apartment, and it could be near to the Grand Prix, and it would be about the same price or maybe a little bit cheaper than what it would be to stay at the bed and breakfast. Yeah, so right. I checked it out, and I found a really, really nice um, studio apartment uh, really close to the, um, the track, mm-hmm. and uh, we went with it. It cost the same as the bed and breakfast, but I thought it was worth it because it was closer and it sort of gave us the experience of living in suburban Melbourne a little bit. So do you know, were the prices higher on Airbnb during the Grand Prix period? Because it's peak demand. I mean, supply and demand, it dictates pricing, doesn't it? Sure. Um, And I did look at a few other options. Like I looked at staying with people in their home, just so just renting out a room. Um, And... A lot of the the options did sort of say they didn't have the price up front. It was sort of, you know, check with us and check availability and all that. And then I did. Um, and in the end, we we thought it would be fun to stay with people. They, they sounded really great. Mm. But we decided to just get a smaller place and just um, get a whole place to ourselves. Yeah. So how many of you went into the, into the place? Um, just the two of us, me and my, my partner. Yep. And so is it... Was it the the closeness of the of the apartment that you got to the track that attracted you most? Um, yes, I think so. Yeah, right. And do you, how does the Airbnb experience work for you online? Was it um, was it simple to find somewhere, or were there too many options? I mean, it's one of those things, really, and a tough one when it's not a hotel. I would assume because you're taking a bit of a risk, aren't you? you you're, is there feedback on the site that allows you to go? Yes, this is this is going to be okay. Well, yes, there was verification so on, on both ends. So when you actually sign up to Airbnb, that you have to you know, put in your phone number, put in I think a Facebook account or a LinkedIn LinkedIn account, so that they can verify that you're saying that you are who you say you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's as much of a risk. Like I, I was pretty surprised that people are willing to have strangers stay in you know their entire apartment or True. in their home while they're in there. Um, so I think there's a little bit of trust both ways. I contacted maybe three different people before I chose the one that I went with, and one of those didn't reply to me. So it's obviously like a like a dormant account, I suppose. Yep. Um, but yeah, the person 
that I ended up going with was very friendly, very helpful. And I think one of the bonuses is that she met us when we arrived and she took us up to her apartment and gave us a, a debrief, basically. And the other people that I shortlisted sounded like they were doing the same. Mm-hmm. They were actually, we were actually going to stay in a room in their house. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it sounds very friendly. It's almost like you're making another friend. And yeah, right. They can show you around a little bit. They can... The, the kind of blurb is you can spend as much time or as little time with them as you like. So the people that's home you had, what, did they just leave town for the weekend? Well, it's a very small studio apartment that we stayed in, so I think she actually outgrew it because she, she grew a family. Oh, right. Um, so it's maybe so just, just an investment property. Yeah, right. yeah, possibly. And, and the idea of having someone meet you there and uh, and show you around is good for both parties, you would think, because imagine if it was your place, you'd feel a little bit more comfort knowing and having seen the people. And also, I mean, there's a sense of reality about the fact that it's someone's place, isn't there, when you're staying there? Do you, you probably find yourself kind of cleaning up after yourself a little bit more than you might in a hotel room. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that, right. that's totally true. So do you, do you travel much? Do you get out and about much in hotels? Um. Not very frequently, maybe once every every other year or so. Mm. Would it, uh, do you think you'd you'd by default go Airbnb now, or would you always just weigh it up against the other options? I would definitely check it out um, yep. and and weigh it up against the other options. There are, you know, various reasons for going one or other way. Um, like for example, we're planning a trip to Brazil for the Soccer World Cup uh-huh. um, in June, and I had a quick look to see, you know, how global is this and I found a couple of options in cities that aren't necessarily like the capital cities um, mm. in Brazil, and I was pleasantly surprised. Some of the places looked really good, but I, I'm not sure I'd be comfortable doing that in Brazil just yet. <laughs> it's, I guess it's uh, you know it's a big leap of faith, isn't it, to travel all that way? Know that if you don't have somewhere guaranteed to stay. Or you don't like the place, uh, you, you could be stuck yeah. paying big bucks for for an actual hotel. So yeah, I guess it's way it up and see, really, isn't it? And that's that's actually my approach too. I was thinking next year, as I mentioned in my intro, in Vegas, just check out the ho- the the house thing. Worst case scenario, I have to stay in a dodgy little hotel off the strip if I don't like it. But you know, just to get the experience first up is probably the the runs on the board is what you need. But in the end, you've had a good experience in Melbourne. Sounds to me like the right, the right way to approach the Formula One Grand Prix next year. I think so. Good on you, Priscilla. Thanks for sharing your experience. Uh, be uh, interested to hear from anyone else that might have had the same experience. What did your friends think when you told them you were staying? And had they heard of Airbnb? No, they hadn't. When I told my mum, she was um, intrigued. Um, <laughs> it sounded like an interesting concept to her. Uh, good on you. All right. Well, thank you very much, Priscilla. No worries. Cheers. And uh, if you want to get in touch and share your experience with Airbnb, you can go to the website eftm.com.au or you can call 1-800-157-157. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. I appreciate you take your time every week. Uh, your app might do it for you, but still, you you take the time to listen, uh, and I appreciate that. It means a lot. Uh, it's great to have you help, your support, and uh, your call. So, if you've got a question, a problem, or anything about technology, get in touch. Say good day uh, anytime you like on Twitter at Trevor Long 
or on the email eftm.com.au is the website. Get in touch, say good day. Um, I won't hurt, I won't bite, don't worry. Uh, we've had a couple of great calls tonight and some interesting info. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll talk again next week, each and every weekend. Big news coming out this week. I thought not to touch on it this week, mainly because it's embargo. I can't really talk about it, but uh, and I don't want to delay the show for you. Uh, so the Samsung Galaxy S5 launches um, in Australia. They're announcing the launch uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, and the HTC One replacement or second generation, whatever you want to call it, is also being announced and, and uh, profiled this week. Two Blokes Talking Tech will be predominantly about those two devices tomorrow. I'll have been at the Samsung event. Stephen is in New York at the HTC event. Uh, that should cover off everything you need to know there. So if you want to know about them, go to Two Blokes Talking Tech on the iTunes store or whatever podcast app you use, which is a good point to say. Let me know what you use. Let me know what app you use, how you use the show, uh, Your Tech Life. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. We'll talk again next week. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. 